Good morning. My name is Steve Van Cura. Uh, this is a series of Bible teaching that we're doing at KPLE. Uh, the format is questions and answers. Questions and answers. These are various questions that uh, I've heard people ask over the years about the Bible, uh, about what the Bible teaches about certain things. And so uh, we're each going to take a topic on each of these uh, presentations. Uh, each of the presentations is about 30 minutes long. We're going to be doing two to three of these a week uh, and uh, cover some ground. Now, if you by chance uh, have questions that you'd like us to address, feel free to contact us through the website or email. Uh, send in your question and we'll try to address it in, in uh, one of the future lessons. So I always like to begin first with prayer. So uh, let's uh, bow our hearts and our heads first together. Father God, I just thank you for the promise. The Bible said that Jesus said, um, where two or more are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And I thank you, Father, for your presence by the Holy Spirit, Father. Uh, the Bible says the word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life to those that find them, Lord. So I ask you to quicken the word of God, Father, uh, and by your Holy Spirit reveal to our innermost being, Father, uh, its truth, by the spirit of truth, Lord, that you might plant the seed of the word in our heart, watered by the Holy Spirit, to change us for your purposes, Lord. So guide our every footstep here. Uh, bless all those that are hearing and uh, give me the words to speak that I only say what you want me to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Um, last, I think the last lesson I gave was simply a uh, testimony of how I became a Christian. Uh, you, if you want to find out something about me, you might want to review that. Uh, the topic today is what is the purpose of the creation? What is the purpose of the creation? Uh, God doesn't do anything without a reason. Uh, the Bible says there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Uh, there is a scripture in the Old Testament that says, Thou shalt, let's see, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength. The Bible says God inhabits eternity. Eternity. So with God, there is no such thing as time. Uh, you and I are bound in a creation, a physical creation, in which uh, we experience something called time. I know when I, I am a scientist, I used to uh, spend a lot of time studying astronomy and cosmology and all these things and uh, the physicists say at that time that time is an integral part of the physical creation. They called it the time-space continuum and in fact uh, time is a part of the fabric of, of the creation. You cannot have time separate from the creation uh, nor can the creation exist apart from time. Okay, so but God who inhabits eternity uh, created, the Bible says, the heavens and the earth. Okay, I'm going to quote from Genesis. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void. 
and there was darkness over the face of the deep. And uh, the Spirit of God hovered or brooded over the waters, and God said, Light be. And there was light. All right. So uh, notice that it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, if God, for God, like I said, He inhabits eternity, there is no beginning and no end. So uh, what is the beginning talking about here? Well, it's talking about the creation, okay? Because there was a beginning of the creation. And when we use that word, automatically we're introducing this concept called time, okay? Now, uh, you and I being a part of this physical creation, we certainly experience time. Now, you and I are going to live for a certain number of years. That's all. Uh, the Bible says that Compared to eternity, your and my life on this earth is like a breath on a cold day. When you've probably been out in a cold day like that, you breathe out and there's this little mist that appears just for a moment and then it's gone that fast. The book of James says that is what our life is like uh, compared to the eternity uh, in which God dwells. So we have a very transient short period of time on this earth, okay? Now, uh, Jesus said the things that are seen are temporary and are going to pass away. But the things that are unseen are eternal and stand forever in the heavens. All right, so here's what we observe from these scriptures. That God created the heavens and the earth in which there is time. But Jesus said, it doesn't go on forever, okay? That the things that are seen are temporary and are going to pass away. So the physical creation itself is not eternal. Now, you wonder, well, why in the world would that be? God's eternal. I, I always thought the creation was eternal. But Jesus said, no, it's not, okay? He said, the things that are seen, this physical creation is temporary, and it's going to pass away. So we need to figure out why is it temporary, and if, you know, what does that mean to me? What does that mean to me? All right, now, let me just say this, that the uh, Bible says God is love. All right, if you go through the scriptures, you figure out that God wants a family. He wants a family, all right? And and uh, it's easy to put that all together. Abram's life was uh, a type of God. Abram means exalted father. And of course, in Abram's life, uh, he didn't have any kids, but he wanted kids. And see, that's a reflection of God's heart. God wants a family. Okay. Now, the Bible says God uh, is love. All right, and we have a command, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy strength. Now, God understands that love requires a choice. Let me say that again. Love requires a choice. You know, when you get married or something of this sort, you know, as a husband and wife, you choose one another. Uh, you develop a relationship and then you solidify uh, that relationship in a marriage covenant, okay, when you say, I do. And, and the same thing is true for God, okay, that we, we have to choose to love Him. 
we have to make that choice. God could make robots. Um, he could make countless robots that just bow down and worship him and say, I love you, God, and all these kind of things. But if he's just, if man is just programmed that way, it's not true love. So that, this is important to understand that we, that God is love. He wants a family. He has love like we can't even conceive. And he wants to give us that love. All right. But I have to choose to love him before we can say I do in a sense. All right. So uh, God, therefore, created, has this creation as a temporary creation. The reason it's temporary is that all creatures, all creatures, both in heaven and on earth, must make a choice. All right. Now, angels themselves, the Bible says, were created perfect. Of course, they're up in the spirit realm in heaven, uh, but angels have a choice, okay? You may remember the story about Lucifer, who is one of the high-ranking angels in the kingdom of God. The Bible uh, teaches that he was originally created perfect. Uh, in fact, I'll quote a little bit of Isaiah, which says, Thou wast perfect until iniquity was found in you, okay? But Satan, or Lucifer, we call him Lucifer, or Satan, uh, because of his pride, he wanted to be not just like God, he wanted to be worshipped like God or be God, in a sense. All right? And, and uh, kind of wanted, wanted to run his own show. So uh, in order to do that, he would have to rebel against God and, and no longer be under God's authority. Okay, And that's certainly what happened. So uh, the Bible teaches that literally uh, Satan... Uh, convinced one-third of the angels in heaven to follow him in his rebellion against God. So that's where we had the concept of the devil and the fallen angels, uh, and Scripture teaches us all that. And that's the nature of Scripture. Scripture, the Bible will show us things that we cannot possibly know through human intellect or reason or understanding or things of this sort. There's no way we would know that, uh, these truths, unless the Bible reveals it. Remember, the penalty of sin is death. Remember, let's understand that. Now, the whole Bible is a story of how God redeems mankind from this fallen state. Now, you, mis you might think maybe God was, oops, surprised or whatever that this happened. But the Bible says that God, in His wisdom, He actually consigned man to a life of sin so that he could demonstrate his mercy to them. See, you and I, we don't know we need a Savior. We don't know that without a relationship with God that we're doomed. We are just flat out doomed. And so God has to, in a way, in his way, teach us that a separate from God, that that we cannot have life. He is the source of life. All right. So he allowed mankind to fall into sin to be separated from God. And from the very beginning, uh, God then demonstrates the difference between justice, mercy, and grace. Justice, 
mercy, and grace. What are these? Justice is getting what you deserve. All right. Um, now, of course, God's justice, what did he say? He said, the day that you eat of this tree of knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. So, and in fact, that's exactly what happened. Adam and Eve died spiritually. They no longer had a relationship with God. All right. But now, what is mercy? Okay, now God could, you know, God being a just God, uh, he could have just wiped out Adam and Eve and then there wouldn't be human race. Okay. But see, the Bible says God is merciful. Don't forget, God is love. Okay. So the whole plan of God is to bring us to a place where we learn to love God because we experience his love and his mercy, all right? So that's why he allows sin to enter the human race, okay? So that we have to come to God to, to find out his goodness, all right? So, but mercy is defined as not getting what you deserve, okay? Even though we deserve death, the Bible says the soul that sins must die, all right? Now, when sin entered the human race, so also death entered the human race. You know, so that we were originally created to live forever. But now that death enters, uh, eventually we're going to die physically, okay? And we're already dead spiritually, all right? So now mercy is not getting what you deserve. We said justice is to get what you deserve, but mercy is not getting what you deserve. Now, since God is just, he can't just play like, you know, a sin didn't happen. It did happen. And, and justice, uh, when we sin, the penalty for sin is death. All right. But, since God is a merciful God, he will look for a way uh, to uh, let us off the hook, so to speak, all right? And this is the way he does it. He, uh, he chooses a substitute to take the penalty for our sin. So in the Garden of Eden, what happened is that God went and took two innocent animals, two innocent animals, and killed them. They paid the penalty for Adam and Eve's sin. And then he skinned those animals and took the skins and covered Adam and Eve to cover their uncleanliness, to cover their sin, so they could come back into the presence of God. But see, this is a lesson, a lesson. Mercy is when God allows a substitute to take the penalty for my sin so that I can still have a relationship with God. Don't forget that. Each of us, at some point in our lives, once we know the difference between good and evil, we choose evil. We choose rebellion. We choose sin. And in that sense, we repeat exactly what happened in the Garden of Eden. Every single one of us repeats the same thing. We know what not to do. We know what we're not supposed to do, but we do it anyway. And that's what sin is. Now, God comes, like John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. 
we, I cannot save myself. I cannot just make a New Year's resolution and make sin go away. It, it just doesn't happen that way. I don't have the power or the ability to do that. Only God can. Remember what I said that love requires a choice. J, I mean, um, Joshua said, choose ye this day whom ye shall serve. But as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. So that's what this life is all about. What is the purpose of the creation and why is it temporary? Why does the creation only last a certain period of time? And then it's going to pass away. But the Bible says that after the first creation passes away, that he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. But this time, in the new heaven and the new earth, righteousness will reign. Goodness will reign. And evil will never arise again. All right, so now that's the final plan of God. Obviously, God is love. He's perfect. He's holy. He doesn't want, God never wants a creation that is corrupted. But in order to find out who is going to choose him, this has been his plan. He allows not only angels, but every single human being to make a choice. Do I want to serve God and love God? Or do I want to do my own thing and be my own God? Even though Adam and Eve were given dominion over the earth, all right, they lost that dominion. They lost it because they bowed their knee to this outlaw spirit, Lucifer, Satan. And now the Bible says Satan now is the God of this age. He, he runs the earth in a sense, okay? And that's why we see so much evil and corruption in the earth because he's called the prince of the power of the air, that God has given him a temporary time period in which uh, the earth is under his dominion, okay? And God is, in a sense, on the outside looking in, okay? And there's corruption and sin in every single human being born of Adam and Eve. We're all sinners. We all have corrupt hearts. And we all reap the consequences of rebellion and sin against God. Boy, you've experienced it. I've experienced it. But you see, the Spirit of God, just like the devil is out to tempt you and to corrupt you and to destroy you, God, God's Spirit is in there also. And He, in His love and His mercy, is reaching out. And He does so in various ways, through people, through the Bible messages, through preaching. Uh, remember, Jesus' ministry is teaching, preaching, and healing. But God works through people whose hearts are yielded to Him, just as Satan works through people whose hearts are yielded to Him. So, in various ways, God is reaching out to every single person of the human race. Make a choice. Make a choice. Choose ye this day whom ye shall serve. But as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. So let me remind you, what is your life like? It is so short. And because you are a sinner, you are doomed to death, eternal death and separation from God, unless 
you choose life. Remember, your life is like that little mist on a cold day. You can see it for a moment and then boom, it's gone. And the choices you make in this life do and will determine your eternity. I don't know how clear we can state this. You have a choice to make. You got a choice. Everybody has a choice. No choice is also a choice. You can say, well, I'm neutral. You know, I'm just, I'll just kind of live my life. Well, my friend, that is a choice because it's a choice against choosing God. And that's, that's what sin is all about, selfishness, trying to run your own show. That's what caused the devil to fall. This is an amazing story. And, and I think this message will bring it into focus, how important it is to determine, you know, I, I need to do something with my life. My, you know, every minute that ticks by, you are getting closer and closer to a time when your heart no longer beats and you enter what we call eternity, all right? And the choices you make in this life absolutely determine your eternal future. This is so important. So if you, wherever you are right now is a good time to lift your eyes up and say, I, I'm not even sure if you're there, God. I don't know. But the Bible says you love me and that you sent your son to die on the cross to save me from my sins, which are death to me, death. The soul that sins must die. But remember God's mercy? He allows a substitute. But you have to choose the substitute. He offers the substitute, which is Jesus Christ. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. But we do have to make that choice. And it's so easy to turn to God, to get on our knees, to say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I am. I know I have a corrupt heart. I've done so many things wrong. You know, but I've heard of your mercy, Lord. And I want to love you. I want to know you. I want to serve you. But I do not have the ability or power to change me. But the message of the cross is that he can change you. He can provide mercy. Jesus has already paid the penalty for any and all sins that you will ever commit. They're already paid for. But until you take your step, you know, it's like if I said, okay, I, I, I'm going to give you $100. And I hand it out and I say, here it is. It's right there for the taking. But you don't have it until you reach out and take it. That's what this gospel is about. Jesus has already paid the price for your sins now and absolutely forever. And by receiving him and turning away from your life of sin and turning with all of your heart to God and say, Lord, I accept your sacrifice. I accept your son and say, Jesus, be Lord of my life. Be, take charge. I've made such a mess of my life. I've made such a mess. 
please take over my life. I give you my life. I give back to you the life that you gave me. And then God will change you. He will put his spirit inside of you. He will birth the spirit of his son inside of you. And your heart will change and you will know it in a very, almost immediately, that you're going to tell something happened. Something happened. Because God will always do what he says. He says, call upon me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that thou knowest not. Faith is simply acting on what's God, what God's promises are. He said, call out, call, call on me, and I will answer you. So do that now. Do that. Spend some time. Get on your knees. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will lift you up. He will change your life. I think previously in my testimony, how I told you that I was so bound up with drugs and sins, uh, of sexual sin, of, I mean, all such corruptness. It just, I can't even, don't even like to think about it. But he, he forgave me of all those things and cleaned up my life. And now the only purpose of my life is to serve God. You know, he has changed me completely. And he's willing to do that to anybody and everybody. But you see, I have to give to God what I cannot keep in order to receive what I will never lose. You see what a, what a deal. My life is going to end. I am doomed to death because of sin. So this life is worth nothing. It's that little breath in the air. And I am separated from God by sin. But in order for me to get life and forgiveness from the Father, I have to give my life to Him. And in exchange, so I give Him what I cannot keep in order to receive what I cannot lose, eternal life and fellowship with Him. Keep these things in mind. Let them... Let them... Change the way you see God and understand that his, his arms are extended out to you. Reach out and let him love you and commit to him. So I'm going to close with prayer. Father God, I thank you for the gospel message. The gospel means good news. And the good news is that even though we're sinners and doomed to be separated from God for eternity, Father, that in your love for mankind, you sent your one and only Son to take away the sins of the world, Father, to change my heart, to make it like yours, to birth your Son in me, to change my motivations and my want-tos, Lord, to remove the desire for sin, Lord, Father, that I can begin to walk in the light. And Father, I just look forward to an eternity with you. Oh, I just am so thankful for your mercy. Instead of justice, I want mercy. And way beyond that, you give grace. What is grace? Grace is God's power. Grace is when God gives me his ability to replace my inability 
to be what he wants me to be and to do what he wants me to do. Give me your grace. Give me your power, Lord, to change me. In Jesus' name, amen.